the dad business. And here is your host, Nigel T. Best. Hi everyone, welcome to the dad business with me, Nigel T. Best. And today, it could be the explosive episode. Can a family business work or do you end up killing each other? Uh, well, to test this out and to find out the real answers, uh, I've got on the podcast today my brother-in-law, Mr. Richard Hepworth. Richard, welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're looking nervous. <laughs> so, so you should. Um, all right. So the, the purpose of this is we've got a family business. Yeah. And uh, it's been kind of your side of the family. I'm the interloper. I married your sister. And uh, got into this, and it's one of these things that people sort of say, oh, family businesses, yeah, they're great, or no, they're an absolute nightmare. Top, yeah. but first off, what would you say? Uh, that, that pause was too long. It's quite right. Family businesses, are they a good thing or a bad thing? They are both. Um, it takes a special kind of family to be able to, to deal with it. Not everybody can. Okay, and now you've left that suitably open as to whether that works for us or not. <laughs> I would say, right, I'm going to go straight in. I would say there are times when I absolutely drive you insane. And your dad. Well, of course. Yeah. Of course. And, I, and I'd say that they are the vast majority of the times. The, there are times that, that, that everybody drives everybody mad. It's part and parcel of it. I think the advantage of being a family business means that you drive through those uh, problems as opposed to, to look for a, a quick exit of um, employment law uh, and get rid of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've tried to suck you on various occasions. Oh, many have. Yeah. Many have. And you've, you've um, gratefully jumped at it, but you keep coming back. Yeah, well, it, well, in fact, you never left. No. Well, I did get sacked uh, one day and then I got told off for leaving early on the same day. Um, there you go. An interesting turn of events. Yes. Um, okay, right. The way that this normally works when I'm interviewing people is I want to understand a bit of the influence behind you. So tell me a bit about your dad from your perspective. What, what sort of influences he had on you? Oh, he's a nightmare. Absolute <laughs> nightmare. Um, you're lucky you don't have him. No, hang on, hang on. You wouldn't change him for anything. I'll change him for anything. Oh, okay. There you um, go. What sort of influence has he had? Well, um, I suppose I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for my dad. Um, he's, he's, he's helpfully dragged me in to everything. I think that's always a thing about a family business. Everything you always say is damned with faint praise, isn't it? So dragged, helpfully dragged, uh, you know, it's a great phrase. Is, is that true? But your dad obviously uh, has always had, uh, because he's my father-in-law, what a wonderful guy. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> no, it, it's one of these things. He's, he's been very instrumental in uh, getting up and doing things, hasn't he? He's, yeah. al he's always done stuff. I mean, at, at 16, you know, he left home. Enjoy, Left home, became a merchant navy. Became it? a sailor. Uh, followed his his passion of going into steam engines and uh, and and oh, other other. He's not that other engine. No, 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 no. Steam is his first passion. Oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, it was um, marine engineering has has lagged behind everywhere else. So it's not been that uh, 
everywhere else was using diesels and steam and steam was redundant steam was still a very big part of of naval engineering but at 16 could you have left home and gone around the world sailing in in big ships no absolutely in the, en- I in think, the engine room i, I think at uh, the age of 16 to, to to head off and do something like that um yeah it's remarkable yeah. i don't think that uh, you look back could you have done it at 16 no i wasn't set up in i think way. i could barely time the shoelaces at 16 Never mind go off and try and help run a ship. Oh, I still struggle. I use plastic laces. There you go. I mean, one of the things that makes me smile is when he talks about you're out at sea and something would go wrong with some of the pipes or whatever, and he'd say, you just go to the box and, and just put some in. And I, I remember saying, well, what was in the box? He said, oh, it was a box, and it just had sawdust. So if anything had a leak, you just bunged a load of sawdust in. It went round to where the leak was and semi-clogged it until three weeks later you got to a port and you could fix it properly. It was just that attitude of kind of, you know, you got to fix it. There's nowhere else out there when you're at sea is quite remarkable. Yeah, everything, everything has to be patched. Yeah. Uh, and if you've seen any of his plumbing or electrical since then, it's been pretty much the same attitude <laughs> following through. <laughs> yeah, that may be. Anyway, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. And I'm going to lean back now and and let you say something. Well, what can I say? I started uh, in the business in, well, I started officially uh, in 2000, um, unofficially at the very concept of of home care. I always had something to do with it since 1997. Explain explain what, what we do on the home care. On the home care, we do domiciliary care for the elderly. So it's the old version of, of home help, going into people's homes and helping them out with the, the various chores that uh, that they can't do. It's been a uh, an interesting journey throughout because it started many years ago as just that, do-gooders going in and helping people out. It's now changed um, remarkably into something that is now heavily legislated, um, very strictly controlled. And has moved away from being that little bit of of help to get a bit of shopping to to something that is uh, more in line for what a district nurse would have been responsible for, and still is. Yeah, and uh, the office we've got a fantastic team who help out. So there's uh, what ten, twelve people in the office, as well as. At, at any one time, 60, 70, 80 people out there yeah. uh, helping people. And I was looking back, and I reckon we've probably done, uh, since it started, probably 5 million-plus visits to people in their homes. Yeah, 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 it's a Which lot. Is, yeah, it is it's, a lot. It's a remarkable amount of, it, uh, it is of, a lot. of delivery. Yeah, and, and maybe we should give that person a day off every so often. No, um, that's, that's through all the team for all the time, isn't it? But... It's one of these things, yeah, the days of uh, the business being a few people just helping out almost on a voluntary basis, absolutely gone. The level of requirements that people need help with, um, they've kept raising the bar. So you have to be in an ever greater need for people to even access our services. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, a little bit more about you. So family situation? Uh, In terms of the business or in terms of personal? Personal. Personal. Um, well, I've now got myself a uh, a small child, a little son. Yeah, hang up. on, that makes it sound like you you found one on the street. 
or you went into a shop and bought one. That's not that's well, not got the case. It, it did appear as per the usual method. Well, it did. It appeared from round the curtains. Yeah. Um, uh, and <laughs> I know you reappeared from the curtains yeah. and said, "Here you go." Yeah, um, I, I know you. you would prefer thank to you very be much. Yeah, introduced to your son at age sixteen with a firm handshake, but it would have it would have been very useful. Yeah. Um, He's nearly he's nearly two now, and it's been a very interesting uh, learning curve on that as well. Right, I'm now getting interrupted by your sister who's oh. phoning. Um, so just hold on to that thought a second. Hi. Yes. We'll we'll pause the recording. <laughs> um, all right, we're back now. So that was Richard's sister, my wife Sally who was actually checking up on us because we also do some property um, between us, don't we? And uh, we're just in a building at the moment, and she was checking to make sure that we had taken delivery of some beds and that we'd got those and some wardrobes and some crockery and cutlery to equip a house. Now, when we say beds, uh, there were how many turned up? We have 14 beds turned up. just arrived. Yeah, so we've been heaving uh, and, stuff around. But it's nice to know enough. she's on our back, Absolutely. isn't it? I mean, she's nice to know she's encouraging us and, and just checking that we haven't missed a delivery. Uh, yeah, four, 14 beds and six kitchens worth of, of, uh, of crockery. Six microwaves. Um, exactly. We've, exactly. we've got some fridges, freezers, and we've got another delivery. We've got some white vans turning up now, but they're going past. No, we might be all right to carry on for a bit. So anyway, yeah, a little bit more about you. So you've now got a little so, boy. So I've now got a little boy. Who's um, coming up to, when's his birthday? Who's nearly two. Nearly two. In, two. Uh, in, in, on the 1st of March. 1st of March, two. I can't believe how. Does How does that feel? How fast has that gone? Or slow? Oh, it's gone like lightning. Yeah. I think the first six months take forever. Um while you settle into uh, to getting things sorted oh, out, and getting him to uh, sort of grow up and do things. Grow up, you... grow up, get a job. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, he's living rent free. It's shocking. Um, but no, it's so the first six months is just very difficult trying to work out what he's going to do and how he's going to do it, and then he starts to to do things himself and become that little bit independent. He, he wakes up and he wants things, yeah. um, and then for the, the last eighteen months just fly by every day he does something different um tried to push me in the bath yesterday yeah it's, it's, so he's got a sense of humor as well i was gonna say mine are a bit older it's when they hold your head under that's when you need to worry <laughs> um yeah but a big shout out to the amazing and gorgeous uh amy um your partner who um quite frankly me and sally just shake our heads and cannot believe she puts up with you but but there we go. That's just our friendly family Why? opinion. Why? She's a, she, she's only human. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's fabulous. But you also do other things in your spare time. I don't know how you fit it in, but explain what else you do. Uh, I'm also a keen triathlete, and uh, my my preferred distance is uh, is full distance, Ironman distance. And you say so you've completed you, a few Ironman. I've, uh, I've, I've, got, Iron Man. I've got seven seven Ironman uh, races completed under my belt, with with an eighth coming up in October. Where's that? Barcelona. Barcelona. Just just outside in Calella, but it's it's known as Ironman Barcelona. Okay. Um, to give you an idea of what we're talking about, this is a two point four mile swim in the sea, a hundred and twelve mile bike ride. 
Um, mile or mile. Okay. 112 miles. Mile so that's bike. 180K, is it? 180K bike. And then uh, you run a full marathon, full distance. Now, your fastest time so far is about four weeks, isn't it? Uh, very nearly. <laughs> Feel, feels more like six. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, it, it is pretty special to get to that point, but it's not something you can just do, uh, rock up and have a go at. You, know, you need to do a bit of training for this, don't no, you? No, absolutely. Um, you know, turning up to, to an event that's 140.2 miles long um, without any training is, is well, beyond brave. Or without a speedboat and a motorbike. Well, absolutely. You know, um, yeah. you know there's, there's ways around. Use a Segway for the run. Uh, motorbikes yeah. are definitely the way forward. But how, seriously, how much time do you have to put aside each week to practice? Uh, well, there's there's a thing the the hidden the hidden training that nobody knows about. Uh, each each week, uh, we I will complete probably fifteen plus hours worth of training. Okay, so the question that people are probably thinking: How can you balance that with owning a business, running a business? Uh, partner, small child, and that. How do you do it? Uh, well, sleep is for other people. There you go. Uh, I get what, up. What time do you get up? I get up between, um, depends on the sessions of the day, but I'll be up. This morning I was up at half past four, um, and I was sitting on the bike uh, in, in what's known as the pain cave from five o'clock uh, through to, uh, I did an hour on the bike, and then uh, straight off for for an hour strength session uh, using a using a coach. So a good couple of hours this morning completed. Okay, so you've done that before seven o'clock, or before or before seven o'clock. Quick shower, breakfast, and then straight out to move fifteen beds and twenty two boxes of, uh, of of assorted cutlery. All right, and I think that's it. You've you've got to have this ability. So you go to. I, I'm guessing you go to bed quite early on a night. Oh, I'm in bed by by ten o'clock every every night. I'm asleep by nine o'clock, but uh, but bed by ten. <laughs> and you, as you sort of pass by your uh, Amy and and Jensen, uh, you just sort of wave at them, do you? Or do you oh, actually I take, have time I, to do I, anything? I take a very active role in uh, in fatherhood, um, from when I get home from work to to his bedtime or my bedtime. Um, sometimes it comes before his. Uh, he's he's pretty much mine. Yeah. So I deal with. We get him fed, and it's it's bath time and bedtime, and 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 all that routine is 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 is, is my time. That's that's my daddy time, if you like. Right. So you were doing Ironman and triathlon training before Jensen came along. Yes. How has having Jensen changed things? In in terms of business, in terms of. Um, your hobby, your your passion, um, and everything. It's it's interesting. It, it's actually um, focused it a lot more uh, because I now have to be uh, really focused on on the time that you use during the day. So there are no points now where you look at it and say, "Well, I'll 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 do that a little bit later." Later doesn't exist. Later's taken up by something else. So if you're going to get up and get the training done, you've got to get it done. So that the rest of the day flows. Otherwise, you you miss you miss a session that comes up as red on your on your training on your training plan, and that that makes you feel bad. So get it done. It builds you for the day. It sets me up. Sets me going, and then I'm I'm off for the day. 
So when it comes to other people and they're thinking, right, okay, I've, I've got something I want to do, but it takes quite a chunk of my time. I've also got my business and I've also got my family. How would you say you've got to, well, you're saying you can do it all. You make time. For the things that you want to do, you make the time to do it. Everybody looks at it as, well, I haven't got time. Well, it's not for everybody getting up at half past four in the morning to sit on a bike for, for an hour or two hours. Um, or go for a go for an hour, an hour and a half swim. Um, you make the time to do it. It's not, I will do it, or I won't do it. It's you make that time, you find it. Okay. And what else? What else are you interested? Have you got time for anything else? Absolutely. There's always time in the day. There's 24 hours in every day. Use them wisely. Um, apart from the businesses uh, and, and, and the triathlon, I'm, I'm also keen into uh, the motorbikes. Uh, and with a with with a pal of mine, uh, and off we go. Do an awful lot of uh, track days. No, that so that's, well. I mean, track days on a motorbike just sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Well, it depends how you ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, who wouldn't have a clue? Badly, there are there, there are some that end in disaster, but uh, touch wood. No, it's uh, they're very well controlled, they're, they're, they're well organised, um, and as long as you you stick within your own limits, you know what your limits are. Stick stick with them, uh, and you'll you'll have a great fun day out. Okay, Jensen's now eighteen, and he wants a big, powerful, incredibly fast motorbike. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely no chance whatsoever. And there you go. Isn't it funny how we have a different attitude for what we do, and then what we allow our kids to do. It's not as simple. To be fair, um, I didn't get into motorbikes at the age of 18, uh, probably because if I did, I wouldn't be here today. And I think that would work the same way. I don't but agree. The trouble, the trouble is kids do what they see you do, not what you tell them. No, so absolutely. If, so if they see you on a motorbike, they're going to want, want to do it on one too, yeah. sooner. And, I, and your dad I, wasn't on motorbikes when you were turned 18, was he? No, no. No. no, I mean, for me, I, I, I think it's one of those things you get into later in life where you feel a bit more mortal. Um, when you do it when you're too young, it, it can go very wrong. Uh, so I, I, I waited until I was my mid-30s before I, I ventured onto a bike. And I would, I would hope that, that my son would do the same thing if he's going to go down that route. Okay. Going back to the business. How would people in the business describe you? I have no idea. All right, but have a wild guess. Um, Let's say there were 10 comments. Are any of them complimentary? I'd like to think so. <laughs> You'd like to For think what so. what I'd like to think. <laughs> What, how and, the real, and the reality might be very different. I, All think, right, I, how, I think it depends on who you talk to. And whether what, they've spoken to you that day or on, not. On what day and what it is I've done for them. All right. So if, if you were sort of – how would you describe your style? Laid back. Okay. How would other people describe your style? The opposite. All right. How would they describe my style, do you think? Whoa. 
are the words you can use for that. You can use whatever words you want. <sighs> apart from those. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know how people would. I don't, I don't know how you'd describe it. Is all right. Is there it's, any? Is there it, anything that you wish you could change about you and how you manage or how you run the business? What would you like to be more of or less of? More or less in the business. Um, probably as far as the business, a little bit more assertive um, in terms of getting done what I want to get done or going in the direction that I want to go in. Well, probably. Okay. So if if the if you had to get a consensus of opinion from everyone there in the business, out of 10, what score do you reckon you get? Oh, I get an easy 11. Easy 11. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, very easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, one of these days I'm going to go in and uh, we'll do a podcast with the staff and, and find out what they, what they think. Although they probably... There may be a, there may be a point in between the, the 11, 1.1 really. Well, here's another question for you. In terms of uh, the staff and the management team, um, do you feel they ever feel comfortable enough to tell you what they're really thinking? Some do, some don't. Okay. Why do you think there's a difference? Why do you think you get some that will and some that won't? I think that's just a personality um, issue. Yours or theirs? Both. Okay. It's, it's a mixture of the two. It's not just. It's not just one-sided. Uh, they will come, and I have had people come and tell me things that they wouldn't necessarily. So people do confide some stuff in me, and some stuff they don't. Um, and, and and it depends who it is. Um, if they don't particularly get on with me, then then they don't at all. <laughs> Yeah, a real silence there. I was wondering whether there was going to be any more to that one, but obviously not. All right. In terms then of you've managed to split up your time what it, and, and very much allocate it and focus it, okay, a family, business, uh, health, exercise, triathlon, Ironman training. In terms of, of those sort of things, um, if you... Because I, I don't know, um, Amy doesn't do anything where she has gets up 15 hours and does her own oh. thing as such. No. Okay, if if you had a partner who wanted to do 15 hours on a fairly, I mean, you could call it selfish basis because yeah. it's very much on your own. How do you think people kind of get that balance right? Because there's... There's rarely both sides in a relationship um, want to do that level of sort no. of individual thing. Um, so there's always a bit of give and take. How would you say to people, how do you balance it? How do you, how do you get that right so that it works? How do you get it right? Um, you, you go back to the beginning where you, know, you look for the time that's not going to be taken away from other people. So my point of getting up extraordinarily early means that by the time everybody else is up, I'm done and trained. So I haven't taken anything out of anybody else's day. So by the time that my little lad is is waking up and getting up and having his breakfast, 
I'm back. Okay, so the idea is to try and do it in time that is potentially wasted yeah. or not used elsewhere yeah. so that you lessen the impact. All right. Um, in terms of other people then who are, are struggling with that balance of business, family life, what would you say comes first? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, both equally as important because they both work with each other. So if, you, if your family life is suffering, your business will suffer. Um, so you have to get that balance right. It's, How do you do that? And, it's, and it's, you've got to put equal amount of importance on both sides. Okay, so I've put the equal amount of importance. If the business needs me for three weeks nonstop, 18 hours a day, If the business needs are temporary, then 18 hours a day isn't a problem. Okay. If, the, if, if it's a permanent issue of 18 hours, day in, day out, that's it. Then you need to relook really at what it is that you're doing. Have you, have you got that, that business right? Because we've made some changes over the last few years that have really um, – kind of enabled us to move out a little bit and work more on the business than being in it? I think 20 years uh, of doing this game, one of the things that when, when I started out, it was very much in the business, day to day, all day, every day. That was what you did. You worked in it. You, you did what needed to be done. Over the years, with kicking and screaming in some in some cases, have moved away and got more into a position where we've understood that you can't be the one doing everything and you've got to start releasing that and getting somebody else in to do it. You're not the expert at everything. Now, that was a huge hurdle for us. Primarily, I would say, because the business we're in is really low margin and it has to be relatively high volumes in yeah. order to for the business to succeed. And that is a pretty tough combination because you're always looking at how can you you know keep the cost down um cash flow gets tight at times and it can get pretty stressful in the business and and that does have an impact on everyone around you when the business isn't you know it's is there is viable but um it's it's hard to to make it worth your while um Gonna, um, so, going to ask for a right. pause on this. Yeah, we've, we've got just interruption number two. Wandering around. <laughs> Delivery number two on that bombshell of cash flow and business and the pain and how it is. So we'll come back to that in a second. All right, see you soon. So I guess you could call this part three of a single episode <laughs> because what, well, I mean, we were just right on the brink there of, of cash flow. Cash flow, the pressures, profits, making money, not making money, whether you're getting new customers, losing customers, your business is growing or shrinking, all put pressure on. And we all accept that that can have a strain on on relationships. And, and that's not what you want when it's a family business. You want to make sure it's, it's good, um, it's consistent, it works, and you make it as easy as you can for yourselves. Because uh, is, is business worth falling out over? What do you reckon? No. Is it more to life? Absolutely. We, we don't, but money helps. We don't live to work. We work to live. 
Which way around is that? Live to work, work to live. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. I get so that. It's a, business and, and, and work and making money is not the be-all and end-all. Um, once, you, once you've made it, you've got to spend it. You've got to have a purpose for making it. I'm pretty good I mean, when you talk about work, right, the reason we had a break was because we had uh, three washing machines, three dryers, Four, four fridges, fridges, four fridge freezers, fourteen beds, um, fourteen mattresses, and enough kits. Uh, Forty out six, about six about kitchens worth of, of six cutlery kitchens worth of cutlery, crockery, pans, pots, pans, toasters, microwaves, and also we've done what else? We've we done wardrobes, wardrobes, a dozen or so wardrobes, bedside tables, bedside chairs. tables, chairs, settees. Beep, 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 beep. Didn't they do, did they do well? Oh, cuddly toy. We just about missed the cuddly toy. I can't believe it. But, that, yeah, so it, it's amazing. You run your own business and you think, great, I'll get somebody in to do that for me. Um, and we cleverly arranged for them to arrive tomorrow to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the best laid plans and all the rest of it uh, sometimes go awry. But one of the, the weird things is when it's your own business, I don't know how you feel, but sometimes you, you don't really want to, but you have to because nobody else is going to do it. Um, yeah, you have to do what you have to do. Uh, if nobody else wants to do the job, uh, you've, you've got to muck it and do it. And I guess the secret is to make the job tempting enough for other people to join the team and help out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we've got some amazing people at the moment. I think we've got some uh, incredible we, people. I, th I think with at the us moment the we team. have a, a fantastic team, um, one that you can rely on. Uh, we wouldn't be able to go out and do anything else, run the property, do anything with it, set this place up, which has been um, oh, uh, eighteen months in the making. If well, and the rest, and, and the rest. Um, yeah. So when we when we say this one, this is a triple story pair of Victorian semis, um, which is now nineteen ensuite and bigger, almost studio apartments um, as an HMO. There is also uh, we have space out the back that we are still working on. Yeah. For another potentially three three two bed units or one. 10 bed unit or a mixture or a mixture, or mixture of yeah, um, anything in between those those plans will finalize later so coming back then to whether someone should try and run their own business what has running your own business meant for you what's it given you what's it given me um that's given me a purpose but i think Things I've learned as, as we've gone along is don't try and do everything. You're not, you're just not the best at everything. Other people are much better at most of the jobs than we are. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't disagree. Is that, is handing that over to someone then a real obstacle? Handing over the control, if you've been doing it um, for a while, is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, it's taken a few years of people 20 years, 20 years basically well I think to start with you have to be in it you've got to be in it you've got to understand it you've got to know what you're doing you've got to know your your market 
Um, but once you've you've understood it and understood the jobs, then it's time to start pushing them out and getting somebody else in to do those uh, bits that you, that should be done by somebody else. You should work on it, not in it. Another question then: Should you have done that sooner? Absolutely. What stopped you? The things that stopped me from doing that um, was my own sense of pride and worry that somebody else wouldn't do the job at the level that I was doing it. They weren't going to do it to the way I, to, to my standard. And, and let's face it, that was a pretty low level. <laughs> no, it, I, right. It wasn't, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. It's you feel that, that nobody else could do it as well as you could. Yeah. So why would it, why on earth would I trust someone else to do it? And we had I'd made some pretty crap decisions at getting various people in. We didn't, and they didn't. We couldn't rely on them. We tried. We tried. We tried to do it um, and get some people in. It didn't work out. Um, and that was a reflection on us, I reckon, or certainly on me. Yeah, <laughs> you can agree. No, I think I think there's a little bit. Um, too much of jumping in with both feet and thinking, right, well, we need to get somebody in and then not not taking the time over getting somebody in, just running headlong and, and taking the, the the best of a bad bunch. Where yeah. I think what you need to do is sift out your candidates, have a look. If they don't fit, go back, have another go. Keep going back to the drawing board until you find the candidates that fit. Um, we didn't necessarily go back to the drawing board straight away. So it took several years to find the people that we needed. And I think we've now found them and we've got a decent team that you can rely on. Yeah. And I, I think probably the way that we looked at it was not what the person could do for us in the business, but how much it was going to cost to get someone in. So in my head, it was, well, if I do it, then we save the money. I don't know about you, but for me, all that did was restrict our ability to grow or do other things. Yeah, for sure. Getting some, getting somebody in, but trying to do it on um, on a shoestring budget, and and thinking, well, actually, rather than them doing, it, if we do it, then you you potentially earn more out of the business yourself, but you don't. No, because actually, if you once you've once you've hit a level, you need somebody else to come in in order to grow from there and get to the next level. And I always felt that because I didn't enjoy certain aspects of it, I felt guilty asking someone else to do those jobs. Yeah. I don't know about you, but the crazy thing is they would have got really annoyed if we hadn't given them those jobs because that's the thing that really gives them a buzz and makes them tick. Interestingly, I've given over some of the jobs that I hate I've also given away a lot of the jobs that I really enjoyed doing. But I feel better that they've gone. <laughs> I don't miss them now. No. I no. did initially, but now I don't. Um, and if they were to come back to me, I would be looking at farming them straight back out to somebody else. Yeah, because I, I reckon I probably did ooh, uh, a number of years where I – was probably doing 80 to 100 hours a week and really 
I could have been far more sensible and got someone else, split that with someone, and it probably would have been done better, um, and it probably wouldn't have been so all-consuming. Um, so, yeah, so a bit of advice there for anyone listening here. The dad business is get other people in to help you out, grow your team sooner yeah. rather than later. Even when you think you can't afford it, and even if you can't afford it, the question is, can you afford not to? Sometimes it pays dividends to get somebody else in to do it. Yeah. Um, it frees you up to do other other income-growing areas. All right. So I'm going to finish up then. So on that, on that bombshell of get people in ASAP to help you out in your business, because uh, for several reasons. One, they're probably better at it than you are. And two, they probably enjoy it more than you do. Yeah. And three, you probably enable you to concentrate on other things that would help expand the business and grow the business far quicker and far better than if you were stuck doing those other jobs. So there you go. Right, Richard, I'm going to finish up with some quick questions. So he's probably a bit young at the moment, but how would Jensen rate you out of 10 as a dad? Oh, 10 out of 10. There you go. And or maybe, maybe 8 out of 10, being as he tried to push me in the bath the other night. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, you can't rate him. It's him, <laughs> it's him rating you. <laughs> All right. What's your best quality? My son. No, your best quality. He is my best quality. No, no, no. You, personally. I have no idea. I thought you were going to say silence then. (laughs) Um, You've no idea? No. None? Have you got any? Have you got any redeeming features? Anything? Is there anything that you're even marginally good at? (laughs) <laughs> no no all right, all right it's uh one for you lucky breaks do you believe in them or do you think you create them uh i think it's a mixture of the two yes there are lucky breaks yes you create them it's more um whether or not you grab them when they come along or recognize them there you go I think that's what most people do is they don't realize they're right in front of them. Uh, So I like that one. Um, If somebody was wondering whether to start a business, have kids, do both, what would you recommend? Go for it. Perfect. When was the last time Jensen made you laugh? And what was it? Oh, it would have been this morning. Um, He was... I was trying to tear him away from, uh, from, from YouTube. He's only two, or less than two, but understands YouTube better than I do. Um, <laughs> that did not go well, which does amuse me immensely. There you go. All right. So that, there you go. Not a ha-ha, but a sort of a ha-ha-ha type moment. I like it. And finally, how do you want Jensen to remember you? As his dad. Richard Hepworth, thank you very much for being on The Dad Business. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. All right. It's me, Nigel T. Best saying we'll see you again very soon on The Dad Business. Bye-bye for now.